see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Super Bowl version of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Today, we are fortunate to hear from the first woman to referee in a Super Bowl, Sarah Thomas. Thomas has spent her entire career breaking barriers in typically male-dominated positions. First, as the first woman to work a major college football game, the first full-time female referee in the NFL, and the first ever female referee at an NFL playoff game. While she didn't set out to be a trailblazer, she recognizes the impact her role as a prominent woman has on younger women and offers tips on how to navigate unusual career paths. Let's have a listen. And go birds. So with all the fancy introductions out of the way, I'm honored to welcome to the podcast, Sarah Thomas. Well, hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Pleasure is all ours. So you have quite a famous reputation as the first woman full-time ref in the NFL. And said that you were really uh, appreciative when the NFL didn't make a big deal of announcing that you were the first woman to be a referee. You just, and to be honest with you, I'm a diehard NFL fan. And I usually, it'll be, oh, I didn't even notice. Like, that's a woman in an NBA rap. That's a NFL. Like, I, it usually, if it's not announced or anything like that, it just comes out in the flow. So I guess from your aspect, I understand not wanting to, to have it be trumpeted like that. But then I guess there's that other opposite extreme where for someone like other women, you're kind of like, something they see and aspire. So how do you how do you balance that with you not wanting it to be a big deal, but then you are kind of a standard process? Sean, it's uh, definitely a, a question and it's um, one that I've juggled with because mm-hmm. now I have a daughter. Exactly. And I will tell you first, thank you for being an avid NFL fan because we truly appreciate oh. People like Trust you, we love, we love the sport because the Shield is just amazing to be a part of. But balancing this with just like my daughter or my daughter's friends or the little fellas that she runs around with or my my uh, my sons and their, their baseball teammates mm-hmm. and they just want to sit around and ask you questions like you're the first or you did this. I am telling you, I did fall in love with this, not having a clue that there weren't, it wasn't something that women did. It never crossed my mind. But I know I get wrapped up in the celebration, if you will, of being a first. That was the main goal. I think that I would have failed. And I, I you talk to a lot of those that did the first and you can just tell it wasn't 
oh, I'm going to be the first in this. I'm going to be the first in this. They fell in love with something. And just because they didn't look like the norm, didn't discourage them, which maybe that's the voice that I want is don't be discouraged just because you don't look like the norm. Right. If you happen to be the first, then right. embrace it. And and juggling it and, and being around, like I said, my daughter who wants to dress up as me at Halloween, um, the famous Mississippians, or they do the wax museums. Sure. And, that and you look at it and you go, this is leaving a mark and it's leaving a positive mark. That's what I want. So if it is the balance, I want everyone to see it that she just did something she fell in love with. I haven't forgotten where I come from, but being a first and carrying that torch, I want to be respected for it. And I want all the young females or even whoever to know it's you can do it. And just the reputation I leave or the mark I leave for it to be a very possible. Very interesting. And that's that's the sort of, I was trying to balance that in my head, how you had come to turn. And it, it is interesting response that you gave. And I'm sure having a daughter also puts it into a, a different perspective. I have a daughter and I'm sure she'll be thrilled to know that I, that I spoke with you as well. Um, our industry is, is not the NFL, but it's manufacturing. And manufacturing is typically a male-dominated, it's very old. When you you described walking into the first room um, when you first went to, to be a referee and you were just, you know, a bunch of, of old men looking back at you, how can you see women taking what you're saying and how you just walked in there and didn't see that as anything different? It was just something you wanted to do and apply that to them going into because again, this is an industry that you can have great careers in, and there are more women that are joining it. It's not the 1920s where they're in manufacturing plants with grease and, and pulling apart stuff. So is it just that attitude of not necessarily going into it as trying to be the first woman, just going into it because it's a career or a path you want to take? I believe walking into that first meeting, the fear of the unknown, when you see someone that doesn't look like you, me being a female that walks into this male-dominated profession, the fear on their side is, why is she here? The disruption that they're afraid would happen because a woman walks in. Mm -hmm. And if a man walks into a different role or whatever it may be, I believe it's just your mindset. Are you in here for the right reasons? Or is your agenda to do something? Oh, well, I'm going to share my voice being the first or whatever and disrupt everything. And I'm not of the old school mentality, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I do believe we have to evolve. I, I don't want to see people, oh, well, no, we can't. It's still this mindset because then I want to look at them and go, are you still using dial-up internet when there's Wi-Fi? I mean, you have to evolve, right? But I think that it's just truly the fear of the unknown. And I didn't have that fear walking in because I'd always been around my brothers and just growing up. And I still was a young girl growing up too. But I just sorts. And I think that it's just, if I were to pass on some message to anyone is don't go in there with an agenda that you are going to disrupt. Go in there with the mindset, okay, I, I want to be a part of this program or a part of this company mm -hmm. because I believe in it. But if I walk in, I'm not the norm. I don't want them to be intimidated by me. I want eventually for them to respect me, but also this is for the betterment of the company. But if you go in there with this agenda, I think to disrupt everything, um, to me, that's, I don't know what that is. That's somebody that's just come to crucify everybody. I don't yeah. know, no matter what it is, but I think just having that. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And, and I, I was going to touch on it, but I guess you come across as, as a very, and you said you're very self-motivated and you come across very confident. Is that something that, especially from a sports perspective is just 
from the rough and tumble of being a girl with brothers, you think? I really don't know. I think I, I contributed, of course, to my upbringing, my faith, my mother and father, and give grace and stay humble. And of course, my brothers, but also sports. I, I played sports and I know it's not just sports. Extracurricular activities, yeah. where children are learning discipline and authoritative figures on any level, whether it's in radio broadcast, because that is a very grueling, demanding to where I said my major's communications, but I said, I'm not doing that. I want to have to have those deadlines. Or if it's in the band, I played in the band. I was a flag twirl. I mean, there are so many um, extracurricular activities that I do believe contributed to building that, I guess, confidence. I mean, there's been times where I've like questioned or I continue to question, but I just believe it was, it was my upbringing, but also I think sports and extracurricular activities held me accountable to start with number one, um, that, hey, there's politics everywhere you go. And if you're constantly trying to compare what you have, it's the thief of all joy. And you will be robbing yourself of something that you truly love mm -hmm. if you sit back and you go, well, they did it. I'm just going to quit. That's, I think, the, just the biggest thing I've learned as far as confidence. I mean, I still have my moments. I do. Right? Yeah. And that that's interesting. That touches on another thing that um, I was kind of discussing beforehand, that you and I are closer in age and, and in a generation where when I was a, a kid and, and like in the early 80s and stuff like that, there wasn't necessarily, as you described, girls' teams. And yeah. there wasn't a, an abundance of opportunities for girls. My daughter's 14. She's been playing soccer, volleyball, basketball since she could run around. It's just been, an, like you said, an evolution of you were one of those people where you wanted to play, you had to play on the boys team. Yeah. So, it's crazy, Sean. I mean, I'll be 49. I'm much older than you, but it's crazy to think, did I really not have that many opportunities? But we didn't. I mean, I was playing mm -hmm. with the boys right. because there wasn't an opportunity. And it blows my mind thinking that my daughter wouldn't have a chance to play. But if there weren't, I'm not saying, but if the Billie Jean Kings and right. my aunt and, you know, Jackie Robinson. I mean, somebody's even asked me, Sarah, do you feel? I'm like, no, I don't feel. He was a black male in the, you know, early 1900s. But, you know, I mean, a long time ago. And it was, I said, I just I pray I have the poise and grace that he and his wife demonstrated through that time. But if we didn't have him and those before us, if we didn't have Bailey's mom doing what she does, I just, it blows my mind that you think about it and we didn't have that. No. Yeah. And it is, it's little, but to that point again, like you don't want to be recognized as the girl playing a boy's sport. You just want to be a girl playing sport. Right. But those little incremental things through time eventually get to where it's second nature for our children yeah. to play the sport. So I guess it is, like you said, it's an evolution like anything else. And Sean, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but it's football. I've had more young girls or fathers tell me my daughter wants to play football. I go, let her, yeah. let her. And they will. So the flag football, you'll see they're yeah. now having more and more of that uh, for females. But yeah, it's just about Yeah, and I going back to that, remember growing up, there might be one or two or a handful of girls that were playing. And then, you know, you would read stories where, you know, ones would move up different levels and it's gotten to where there was a kicker that was kicking, I guess, in, the, in college yeah. or Vanderbilt, I think, something. Yes, Sarah Fuller. Exactly. She's and phenomenal. Yeah, just a, a continuing, like you said, evolution of everything else. With that, when did you, did you get to a point where you stopped noticing or did it? Did it ever become, I guess, 
in the beginning, you did notice you were walking in and there was a bunch of men looking back at you. Has it gotten to a point where you are just um, a referee working in the NFL? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't, I can't say when I was, I've been asked a question, a defining moment. Um, and I cannot tell you there's a defining moment, but yes, I am just an official now in the NFL. And, and it is, it is a, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the NFL, it's, it's a, it's a rough environment out there on the field. You showed a clip of, you know, you getting run knocked over in a play. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. There's not, was there, and this is a, a, a question I'm sure. actually curious about, like when you stepped on the, at that level for the first time and the speed and the contact and like, was it surprising or was it just, you were there to do a job and you kind of adapted? Yeah. I wouldn't say my first game, it was, I was surprised because they are a master at what they do. And as far as hiring officials to go into the NFL, Mm -hmm. they train us, we go to the training camps, of course, Back when I was doing training camps, it was still your two a days. They were in full pads. It was a little different than it is now. Not that there's not a grind for all of those players. I'm not saying that, but I would say that they prep you well enough before you go and have your first game. So surprise, no. But can I tell you, literally like a blur? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not because of the speed. It was just you, you think that you are already in are, but then there's so many things from the college to the pro and you're juggling so many other conferences or snaps that you can get if you do get the call to go to the NFL. But I would just say it's just like a, like a blur. Just, yeah. uh, okay, I do need to know everything about ICT and, and these are some, you know, things that we call, but it's just, I think it was just more of a blur. Nothing surprised me, but um Maybe how much I needed to really start looking at more film and the casebook and stuff like that. That's yeah. interesting because yeah. you even hear from players that they they get you know these are elite world class athletes that played at a very very high level of college and they step on the NFL field and they're just stunned by everybody's that fast and everybody's yeah. big and very interesting. So I guess to kind of you know wrap this up and you sort of did it at the at the end of your talk because you talked about a bunch of things sort of not to do and one of them was not to to do things for recognition was there any other ones like that that you could kind of touch on to kind of I, I really i know when i was younger oh i'm gonna prove to them you didn't pick me to play all-stars mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna show you and i uh, have a complete different mindset now and i've had that for probably the last 15 20 years is uh don't try to prove people wrong i I think it i I keep saying it starts with you you have to look in the mirror because i've learned yeah when i was younger i'll show you well then i get into college and now i gotta show this person to prove you wrong and i gotta show this and so it never ends and you're gonna exhaust yourself for somebody else when it's just like shift your mindset look in the mirror start with number one and prove to yourself that you belong where you are and if you are lacking in an area just figure out a way there's something that you can do but you need to start with yourself and prove to yourself that you belong where you are yeah and you said a comment where someone you know when you didn't make it the first time sort of pointed out you know that you weren't going to make it and your initial immediate response which kind of goes to that point was not a what did i do wrong like in a sad way or what did i do do wrong so that I can fix it kind of way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I am definitely about a solution. I remember um, my, my daughter, I stepped on a piece of glass one time and she said, mom, do you ever cry? And I had to take a, I had to take a little pause there and go, you know, I don't know that I've ever cried all lot in front of her. And I just told her, I said, yes, if mom was hurt or mom was really sad about something, of course I'll cry. I said, but at that moment when I stepped on that piece of glass, I knew the solution was to get it out. But if I sit and I cry about it, it's not going to get itself 
out. I, you know, so I'm, I'm really about getting to a solution. And if I'm, if I'm doubting myself or if I am questioning things, I just have to start with me and just figure out why am I lacking here or why do I make this mistake or why am I doing this? Perfect. Exact thing that we can obviously man, women, child, anyone could take away from this as something to use. Well, I just want to thank you, Sarah, because you just gave a presentation at our annual meeting and to tack on even additional time. We really appreciate you. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, Sean, thanks for having me. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.